Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my thoughts and sort of review of Festival of the Lost. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. You can use saynotorage.com to come right into the Twitch channel. Saynotorage.com will bring you to the Twitch channel. If I'm not live, you can always hit the follow button if you're watching on YouTube. Hitting like and subscribe also helps me out. I am recording this on November the 4th, so in the coming weeks, if things change, if each Tuesday they they update or add significant things. You know, I may not commentate on that. I, I think we've seen sort of the crux of the event and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to open up by talking about how it is fun and it is free. I think a lot of people need to remember that this is a free event. Uh, second, I want to talk about the Braytech Werewolf. I was really excited about the Braytech Werewolf dropping. I always liked that gun in year one and it was coming back with random rolls as well. And then lastly, we do need to talk about the Eververse. So if you want to hear my thoughts on Eververse, you are going to have to stay until the end. I've got it up here so we can kind of see it and keep it on our mind. There's a lot of debate about Eververse. We're probably going to have a really good discussion on the Rageous Roundtable that'll be recorded tonight on November the 4th because uh, Paul Tassie thinks it's going too far and I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. So let's just start by saying it's fun and free. I think that's something that a lot of people need to remember that these events are free. They are not something you need to spend money to get. New Light players can take advantage of this. They can come in. They can do the thing with Ava Levante. They can go into the Haunted Forest. They can grind for all of the stuff, whether it's the, you know, the, uh, the, arm, the actual gun itself or getting all the masks or, you know, buying the things with the candy. Generally speaking, most people are probably just going for the gun. The event's not super loot-centric. I wouldn't expect that to kind of be the case with an event like this, but it is free. I think it's fun. I think it adds something, you know, unique to the tower. Everything looks different. You're going around getting the candy. And then they bring back at the event an actual activity, the Haunted Forest. So I think people need to remember that it is it is free. That's something that I think is going to shade a lot of my feedback uh, on my review and thoughts. It's free, it's fun, and it's something extra to work on each week. I believe that they ultimately achieve the aims of, a, of, a, of an event with the the haunted forest and, and, and all the things that you can do. This is not meant to be like a like an actual DLC injection level of content. It's not meant to be something that's significant, uh, but I do think they missed a little bit of an opportunity here with the Braytech Werewolf. Let's talk about that next. That's kind of the, the central piece of the grind in Festival of the Lost. It looks really, really cool. Uh, you can you can obviously go for you can go for different versions and different roles and I, I thought it was neat that they kind of brought it back. I was always a fan of the Braytech Winter Wolf and you know the the shader on it. it you can't really put shaders on it. It kind of looks like that almost all the time. So I love it. I think it looks and feels really cool. Even though auto rifles are actually feel you know a tad weak in PVE right now. Auto rifles are not in a great spot, so it's kind of like, oh, well, it's an auto rifle is what a lot of people say. You know, for garden variety content, public space content, it gets the job done. It's not too bad. And the, st- and, and the role that you unlock, the role that you basically buy, Zen with multi-kill clip and armor piercing, and then they give you the, the range masterwork, it actually feels pretty good. It actually feels pretty good as an auto rifle, but that's one of the problems with how they set this up. The curated roll is really the only roll worth going for. When you go for the random rolls, you cannot get multi-kill clip. You cannot get Zen. 
Uh, and the, the roles that you can get aren't that great. People are like, well, you can get a kill clip role, like an outlaw kill clip role or something like that. You're likely not going to take this into the Crucible. I, I, I can't see anybody taking the Brazic Werewolf into the Crucible. Multi-kill clip is generally better for PvE uh, than kill clip. And multi-kill clip also makes sense on an, on an auto-rifle. If you can get a handful of, like, you know, really easy kills on some thralls, some acolytes, some of the weaker trash ads, you know, you're feeding that multi-kill clip on the reload. And the potential rolls are just not really worth it. There, it's, it's actually kind of a confusing uh, perk pool on the gun because this lane down here where multi-kill clip is has a lot of perks that generally land right here in the second lane. So like under pressure and some other ones are there. I don't even think you can get drop mag on this. I would have loved to have gotten, you know, a drop mag outlaw uh, multi-kill clip. And I know people don't like drop mag and outlaw. I actually think drop mag is a really underrated perk. You're generally not running out of kinetic ammo and drop mag on auto rifles feels really good because there's so much on reserve anyway. So the really good idea, if you guys remember, I celebrated this. Festival of the Lost last year had the horror story and the horror story was just kind of like, get it and then you're done and then you couldn't chase any random rolls. And that was a piece of feedback that I provided at the time, like a year ago. I said, why not let us rerun the Haunted Forest over and over again for random rolls why not have the gun dropping from the boss why not have the boss rotate you know have maybe something different each week that it can be dropping um so I, th- they undercut a really good idea we, we provided that feedback we really wanted to chase something like this this is a swing and a miss in my opinion I really think if they're going to bring back old weapons from year one whether it's the Braytech Winter Wolf or whether they bring back any of the other Braytech weapons in future events as something that you can actually grind for they need to be more thoughtful about the potential random rolls because the gun looks and feels really really cool the sight on it the colors it's got a really nice feel to it it kind of adds to the holiday feel but then you get that you get this version you get zen and multi kill clip and you're kind of done you know it's it's not really worth chasing now now we need to ignore the fact let's just ignore the fact that auto rifles aren't that great right now just ignore that okay if this were any other weapon if it was a pulse if it were a hand cannon a shotgun or a submachine gun or something if this was another weapon that could get you know, a lot of traction in PvE. Right now, there's some really solid weapons that, you know, aren't auto-rifles in PvE. You would want to be able to chase a god roll. So in the future, if they reuse this idea to bring back something, make it look kind of cool for, I don't know, the Dawning or Crimson Days, if they're going to bring back weapons, if they bring back a hand cannon, a shotgun, a submachine gun, any of these guns that are potentially worth using in PvE, it's going to really undercut the value of chasing random rolls if they're not thoughtful about the potential random rolls. We've all been saying, you know, hey, bring back the Escalation Protocol weapons with random rolls, update Escalation Protocol for free, throw in the Ikelos hand cannon, throw that into the mix. I would hope that they did that. They'd put some good rolls on the hand cannon, the shotgun, and the subby instead of just being like, oh no, the static rolls are the best. Kind of undercuts the value. Lastly, let's talk about Eververse. This is a, this is a this is a part of the video where people are going to run to the comments and call me a shill, and that's fine. If you can't if you can't hear somebody out and engage their argument and resort to name calling, it just shows you have no argument and are probably too stupid to have an argument. So if you want to have a discussion, have a discussion. Come in here, debate it with me. Longtime subs debate this with me all the time. I'm sure Paul Tassi and I will have a, a good discussion tonight. I am totally open to having a discussion about the Eververse with people, but name-calling just shows that you're too stupid to have a discussion, okay? Folks are either okay with this setup, or they're criticizing it. There's not really any in-between. People are either like, ah, it's a free event, I don't really care, or they're like, no, this is stupid, the earn rate's too slow, this blah, 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 blah. So it needs to be stated that they made 
all new items available for bright dust eventually so right now the things available for bright dust next week it's going to change so this is being recorded on november the 4th november the 5th reset's going to hit on tuesday and then they're going to rotate new things to be available for bright dust what is available for bright dust isn't that bad honestly we've got three trans mats we've got the mask ornament we've got a ghost projection we've got some stuff from last season some ship sparrows ghosts if you didn't get them and then we've got the two shaders and then we have the bone boogie uh emote okay so here's the thing We have to remember what I said at the beginning. This is a fun and free event. It's meant to be fun and free. It's meant to be lightweight. It's not meant to be hardcore. It's not something you're supposed to grind and get every item for. This is significantly better than Festival of the Cost in D1, where the only way to get stuff was to buy it. A lot of this stuff can be earned with Bright Dust. I'll get to the Bright Dust earn rate in a minute, okay? Second thing we have to remember is the way it used to work is you had to put in a lot of time, okay, you had to put in a lot of time to go RNG on the engrams. Now, I know people are like, oh, it was a punch-out system. You still had to play an awful lot of Destiny to make sure on all three characters you got every single item in the last Festival of Lost to get those engrams and to get those things dropping, okay? You have to remember that the Bright Dust earn rate right now isn't as bad as people are making it. You can easily get 1,500 Bright Dust each week on each character, and I know people are like, well, the 6,000 for the bundle is too much. If you've been playing and you've been grinding your weeklies and your repeatables, you could easily get close to 1,000 Bright Dust every week. This is a good lesson to learn for future events. In between the events that we know are cosmetically driven, like the Dawning or Festival of the Lost, you should be doing your weeklies and your repeatables and banking Bright Dust. It's 1,200, not 1,500, sorry. You get about 1,200 per character. I'm just going to say 1,000, okay? I'm just going to say 1,000. So that's 3,000 a week if you do all three if you do all three characters. And then obviously if you want every single skeleton bundle, you're probably not going to be able to afford it. You're also not going to be able to buy that and all the other items. And there's a reason for that, okay? There's a reason for that. They have not set up the bright dust earn rate to make it to where you can bypass all microtransactions in a free event like this. You can get some, probably the ones that matter the most to you, okay? They, that matters the most to you. And you're going to go for the ones that you think are the best. But no, you're not going to be able to buy every bundle. You're not going to be able to buy every ship and every sparrow and every single item that they have for Bright Dust. It isn't going to be possible. I'll concede that point, and I don't think that matters. And the reason I don't think it matters is these events are free and subsidized by microtransactions. If they undercut the microtransactions by basically being like, oh, just do a handful of bounties each week and you can buy everything with Bright Dust, that defeats the purpose. I think the faulty premise that virtually everybody starts from, okay? A faulty premise leads to a faulty conclusion. The faulty premise that everyone starts from when they approach the Eververse with their criticisms is they believe they should be able to earn everything in here. That is not the point of the Eververse. This is a microtransaction store to subsidize free events, to subsidize the fact that there's a free entry point now and there's a lot of free-to-play players in the mix. It also is subsidizing the fact that they are a self-published company right now. Go to any other game that's free to play, that's self-published, it's going to have a micro store. That micro store is not going to let you earn everything with ease. You can earn. You can earn as long as you're doing your weeklies and your and your repeatables with Shaxx, Zavala, and Drifter each week. You can have a pretty healthy influx of Bright Dust every week to get the items that you want. This store's main purpose, though, is to generate revenue for Bungie. And yes, I want Bungie to make money. Oh, the horror of my favorite game and franchise getting more money to pay for more content and expand the franchise, expand departments, buy new technology, hire new voice actors, do more things, invest in new advancements for the game. Whatever it is they need to do, 
I want the company that makes the game I like to be successful. And that means them making money. And I'm okay with it. And if you want to call me a shill, fine. I'm a shill that likes my game that I'm playing to continue and be successful. If you want to be a penny-pinching troll on the internet that hurls bad argumentation around about how, oh, this is stingy, this is greedy, they're just trying to make money. Yeah, well, so is every business in existence. So I guess don't buy anything ever, ever, anywhere at all anymore because that's what businesses are supposed to do. All these items in here are generally earnable as long as you're doing your bounties, okay? And Paul Tassie's article didn't even address the Bright Dust earn rate. If you're taking your time and you're getting yourself roughly 3,000, you know, Bright Dust a week, it's very easy for you to do, like, at least some of the items that you like, not all. It, again, is not designed for you to get everything. It's not designed for you to earn everything. This is a micro store that is meant to generate revenue, and I'm totally fine with them doing that. Again, people that make a lot of their arguments ignore the fact that they went free-to-play entry point, they went self-published, and they're doing free events. So... I, I honestly think that this is totally fine and it treats the players fair. Nobody is getting ripped off and, and, and they're making all the new items earnable. So if there's an item that you really, really like, you can wait and make sure and save up to buy it. As always, we're going to go to Q&A next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about Festival of the Lost, my thoughts and kind of review on it. Uh, we wanted to walk through everything. Probably going to get a lot of questions about Eververse. We had a pretty uh, decent back and forth about that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. Uh, as with all of my content, you can hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube and follow me in all the various places. It's a great way to help support what I do. Let's jump right into the questions. Uh, it says here from T-Funk, <laughs> says, for free events and limited time events, do you think they should have better options as random roles or just leave it as a masterworked god role? I actually don't think they did a good job pivoting away from a static role. So Horror Story was the static role, and it was fine. It was a good gun. It was a good role. And the the god roll, static roll, or I'm sorry, curated roll that you can get on the Braytech Werewolf was, is also a good roll. But then they just didn't think about the perk pool, I don't think, in a very good way. It was like, why would you not give us the opportunity to get really good iterations or roles or have like, you know, some actual, you know, intentionality with the actual guns themselves? the the Braytech Werewolf. So I I don't think they swung hard enough. I think if you're actually going to say, hey, we're not going to do static rolls this time. We're going to go and we're going to say, oh, you can get get random rolls. I don't know why you wouldn't go a lot further down the line. So I don't think we can compare the current iteration with the static iteration because this was a bad take. This was a bad uh, this was a bad pass. Like they didn't do a good job. So I would say the next time they do an event like this, if they do something like this for the Dawning or Crimson Days or something, I would love to see them actually create random roles worth pursuing because it this my their thought process on it was process on it was probably this: we want everybody to get a good role, and if you want to get a better role, that's not really going to be possible. It's just like oh, maybe you can have some own, some of your own personality on the gun or something. But I'm like, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, I could see them basically saying, we want everybody to get the good role, and then we don't really want anything to be better than that. 
but then that defeats the entire purpose of even offering random rolls, right? It's like, well, you want the casual players to get the good roll. Give me the opportunity to get a god roll. That's a good spectrum. That's kind of how the game's set up now anyway. So give everybody the good roll. Let me go for the god roll. There just, there wasn't a god roll. There's nothing better than the roll that they made. Even if you go for a version with kill clip, nobody's going to use the Braytech Werewolf in PvP. So if you're going for kill clip, multi-kill clip's better for PvE. So it's just like, it just doesn't make sense uh, as a system. Bunker Bound. Do you think Bungie is making Pinnacle Gear plus two? They knew the community wouldn't hit 960. We have gone round and round on this debate. I continue to say that I don't think we're getting a gear bump next season. I think 960 is intended to be a slow burn for the entire community. Uh, And then obviously the people at the tip, tip, tippity top are going to hit 960 earlier. But I think the lion's share of the the top 30% of the community will probably hit 960 next season. And then slowly other people will get close to or hit 960 in uh, in the spring that's going to get us ready for the summer I really don't think this change was because oh we want people to hit 960 you have to have impeccable RNG even in the new system in the new system if you would have had a full 12 weeks and you had the absolute best RNG you would have been able to enjoy like the last half of the season at 960 and that's with like in incredible RNG Okay, you got to have really good RNG. You got to backfill. You got to be really, really dedicated. Um, so even with plus twos, I think there's still a chance of bad luck. There's still very limited pinnacle drops. There's still people that are that are not going to get to the 960. And I want you to imagine the small percentage of the people that do get to hit 960 this season or the next. That's suddenly being undercut by a gear bump next season. Um, so. I don't think they intended a decent amount of people to hit 960 this season. It's intended to be something that takes place over many. So let's just say 10% of the community gets to 960 this season because of the change they made. And then next season, it's about 20 to 25. And then in season, and then the spring season, you know, it, it hits about 30%, which that's still pretty high. I mean, there's still a lot of people that are just never going to get there. The only way that 960 saturation level is given the opportunity to grow over time is if that's it and we don't have more bumps. Be- and, and again, I think it's leading to the crescendo. Something's going to happen in summer and, they, and then that... Maybe the people that are at 960 are going to be glad they're there or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't think Lono has any clue on this math. 960 for the average drop luck has been increased speed-wise by like 800% by the one power bump. I don't really understand what what you're actually uh, what you're actually saying. All they did was instead of needing eight drops, one three guns, five armor pieces, you now just need four. They've not done anything with drop luck. That's not true. So you're making that up. That's completely fabricated. Bungie said literally nothing about drop luck chance. I don't know where you're getting 800%. You're just making stuff up, homie. They literally said, we got five pieces right now that you need. You need one to drop. I'm sorry, eight. You needed eight pieces. Five armor, three guns. You needed a 951 on all eight pieces. Now you only need four pieces because it's nine five. It'll hit 952 and four pieces will bump it, right? Yeah, they change it from four to eight, right, out of seven drops. So, number one, that's not what you said. That's not drop luck, okay? You still have to get four uh, four non-duplicate drops. Come on, people are still going to get duplicate drops, and you only have seven pinnacle sources a week per character. 
I'm telling you, people hitting 960 is going to happen, but it's going to be slow. And none of that means you're getting a gear bump next season. It's still going to be slow. I still, out of a 12-week season, okay, with only seven pinnacle sources currently now that may that may mushroom next season into more sources it may mushroom in the next couple of weeks to more sources like the vex final assault thing okay um so the the odds of people hitting it has been increased i said that i still don't think that means they're intending a bunch of people to hit 960 they also doesn't mean that we're going to get a gear bump next season hitting 960 is going to be still a minority it's still going to be tough it's still going to require good rng and it's still it still is going to be something that you think i think you carry as a benefit and a trophy into next season so, you're, you're not disputing anything I'm saying. I conceded and said, yeah, there's going to be more people hitting it. It's, it's definitely making it easier, but that doesn't mean you're getting gear bumps every season. Because the small number of people that get to 960, let's say it is 10% of the community, because they're doing all their pinnacles. You're also talking about a, people, like a group of people that can do their pinnacles every week on all three characters that out of the gates a minority okay so you're already sampling a minority in the community once you take that minority and you slice up the people that get bad rng get duplicate drops okay and they get the they get they get kind of screwed or their first characters just get a bunch of armor they really need armor and guns intermixed because the guns passing to the next character would help bump you know their drops because if you get if you get three guns at five two then the next guy only needs to get an armor drop like if you get guns on the first character that rng is going to really really propel you if you get no guns on the first and second character that's going to slow you down compared to somebody that gets the absolute best rng so even once you go to the that minority that's actually able to do three characters all pinnacles every single week the number of people getting the right drops getting the right things and then you're going into the next season it's still going to be a very very small portion of people that are hitting 960 and that's why I just I don't think they're going to raise the power of the gear uh, next season. I really don't. Eugene said, "Raid is four, Iron Banners four, Forest Hunts, Nightfall, and Dungeons twelve pentacles next week per character." Right, Iron Banner bumps it up by four, but when you subtract Iron Banner, it's eight per week. I thought it was seven, so maybe I've been underselling it. Eight per week. So, um. So, uh, we had some tips come in, uh, Knights Templar with a $2 and a $2 and seven tips says, love the content, dude. I'm here every day. Thank you. Uh, team Tom with 31 months. Thank you for the 31 months. Welcome back. Hmong gifted a sub to Diofabs. Thank you. Brian was here with 31 months. Thank you. Appreciate those. Uh, appreciate the, the support of the stream. Uh, J F G C, uh, J F G C. Hang on one second. Uh, mm. yeah JFC uh, JFGC says so with the positive feedback to the altar of sorrow people have been murmuring about updating EP to not get left behind thoughts on the potential upsides and downsides of doing so I've continued to say um, I've continued to say if they update um, if they update escalation protocol it, it needs to be free. I don't think you can include that in the season $10. Because people, I think, would rightly say, you're we already paid for that. We already paid for Mars. We already paid for EP and that loot pool. Updating the loot pool is, isn't... I, I don't think that's worthy of, of, of money. 
being spent. If I'm spending money, I want new stuff. Now, what about the moon, Lono? The moon is just... We, we're, I don't think you're ever going to get traction with me by saying the moon is just a reskin. It's just like it was in D1. That argument is just completely bankrupt and stupid. Like The, the lost sectors are huge. There's the whole new Crimson Keep area. There's the Escalation Protocol area. There's there's the, there's the Sorrows Harbor. There's the dungeon. There's the Lectern. There's Eris Morn. There's the bounties. There's entire systems. There's a whole new... There's the Vex Invasions. Like, the actual environment being the same, it doesn't mean it's the same content. It's not the same activities. It's not the same loot, okay? Escalation Protocol would be the same location, the same activity, and basically the same loot with random rolls. I don't think that's worthy of people spending money. I think people would rightly say, what the frick are we actually spending money on here? That's why I've continued to say, if you look at this, okay, top track free, bottom track is paid. I think the game should have the same feeling. There's a free track, and there's a paid track. So, every season, you've got the season activity, so Vex Offensive's gonna get replaced by something. Let's call it, let's call it, you know, the Vex Offensive 2. Let's just, for the sake of having something to say. So, the Vex Offensive 2 is a brand new season activity, and that costs money, and then you got this cost track down here. Then you got the free track up here, and then you have a free activity in the game as well. There's sort of two tracks running parallel to each other, so the game always feels alive, and there's always something happening right there's always something happening so i think if you look at it like that escalation protocol could use an update you know the guns are cool getting random rolls on those guns could be neat uh getting the getting the 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 hand cannon thrown into the mix could also be pretty cool uh and pretty neat i just i think that there's a lot i think there's a lot there um I think there's a lot there. I think that they they could do the same thing with Blind Well. Uh, Infinite Forest has already been used for the Verdant Forest and the Haunted Forest, so they can't do much with uh, the, the Infinite Forest. But I definitely think there is room uh, to bring some of those activities back. Again, making they'd have to be free. Mad Crazy, do you think Trials will come back, and what would you have to change for it to run smooth? I think Trials is coming back. I think the fact that they put 3v3 Elim in Crucible Labs is a testimony to this. And and Luke Smith, uh, Luke Smith said that you know they were. Uh, Luke Smith said you know hey we're we're trying to um, we're what did he say about it with with respect to trials what was his phrasing we want to bring it out into a warmer home i think is how he phrased it so they're going to put you know 3v3 elam and bring it out into like a warmer home that to me just feels like yeah you're kind of hinting at trials coming back and then the next season's called season of dawn you know the, the sun imagery centers around osiris uh you know mercury certainly looks like it's a pretty warm and hot place um I don't know. That's how I've been looking at it. Now, what would they have to change for it to run smooth? Number one, you got to get rid of like probably half the maps. Uh, I just, I, <laughs> I think most of the maps would be terrible in a 3v3 Elim uh, format with the current meta. Um, you know, scout rifles and pulse rifles and, and, and the way that lanes and choke points can, can kind of go. You need maps that have uh dynamics and approach so you need verticality you need ways to disrupt the team that's camping you would need maps that are incredibly balanced i know spawns flip sides but you still wouldn't want to be like well this side's a throwaway because they got the better spawn 
they're just going to camp lanes and get a pick and then push us. Because, and and there might be opportunities for some really intense heroism there. You know, it's a 3v3. They get a pick. It's a 3v2. They're going to push, right? Because a lot of the lanes are going to really make those picks easy. Really, really high level players. If two of them are shooting you with the pulse and you peek, you're dead. I mean, you're going to have to be a god with a sniper if you're going to peek and beat the like I mean you're gone like like that and as soon as they get those picks they're going to push and they're also going to be high level players with snipers watching those lanes so a lot of lane watching a lot of choke point watching would be one of the dilemmas I think for trials again that could lead to really cool hero moments Bungie could look at the numbers and say you know in a lot of our testing the initial picks were not leading to a trend of winning it was a 60-40 split like first pick generally trended to a more likely to win but it was a 60-40 40% of the time the other team made a play because a 3v2 push you make the right you make the right plays with shotguns or corner camping or grenades or whatever you can really capitalize on a team thinking oh we got a pick let's go um but I do think some of the maps would just have to get completely taken out of rotation because there's a lot of maps that just I don't think would work well it would be boring it would be a lane sit it would be um it'd be rough it'd be really really rough so uh robot dues with two months thank you so much welcome back uh H Mong Lono, being so similar to the past festival of the lost you think Bungie should have added different activities or different types of modifiers uh, as fun as Fessel Loss has been, I feel the burnout of the Haunted Forest grind already because the forest did not add anything new or unique, but instead more negative modifiers. I feel like the sweat fest every time I want to go to branch nine of the forest. I don't know. I kind of like that. I like that the fact that if you want to go for it, it's there, but it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. I get what you're saying, but you can go in and casually play. You don't need to go to that branch unless you're going for the reward. And then that's what that's only once a week, isn't it? So, again, it's a free event, you know? I I think it's fine for them to be like, hey, the Haunted Forest is back. It's been a year. Uh, You know, it's been a year. It's, 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 It's recycled content, but given that it takes a year for it to come back around, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like there could be, um, you know, maybe a little bit more done with it, but then the Verdant Force is going to come back and probably be very similar as well. Uh, that was Revelry, I think, where they did that. I just think I'm really, really forgiving when it's free and it's just supposed to be like, hey, this is just for fun. You know? It's only it's only here for a couple of weeks. Now, if it was there all the time, like we, some of us asked for, I think the EAZ is going to get reused. If you guys remember the EAZ, um, that was from solstice eaz will probably get reused too every summer and i think that's fine they don't need to iterate on it it's a little area it's got the basics of what we do which is kill ads majors satisfy some mechanics and kill a boss like that's basically all of destiny so uh liquid smoke would you like them to continue to trend with uh the trend with auto rifles as the weapons for festival loss or would you like them to switch it up if they were to keep going with ARs I would like Uriel's gift to be next well you, that's a long time from now uh, so you're 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 placing your hopes in whatever gun they decide to do in in 12 months <laughs> so I I'm fine with it being an auto rifle every year I just I really want Bungie to figure out uh how to do auto rifles in a way that um they're worth using. I just, I, I swear I put them on and I just immediately feel weak. Um, 
I don't know. Maybe I need to run one. And I, I, I'm telling you, I tried running the half Dan in a nightmare hunt, and or I forget where I use it. It was freaking terrible. It was so bad. If you're at Delta, they're tolerable. I was running the Reckless Oracle in the raid, and it was like, okay, this is fine. I'm getting, you know, Breach Refractor and Demolitionist to stack, so I'm getting lots of, you know, I'm getting lots of grenades, but I just, I don't know. As soon as I switched to the the Recluse, I was like, man, this auto rifle's trash. Now, I don't even need to switch to the Recluse. I could switch to a subjunctive. I could switch to a hand cannon. Uh, it just, <laughs> autos just don't feel good. Um, I don't know. The minute you're out of the Delta and you're under leveled, so you go into like a 980, they feel terrible. I mean, terrible. 110 hand cannons, this is obviously my opinion. I feel like 110 hand cannons feel the absolute best when I go into 980 uh, nightmare hunts because they hit so freaking hard. And if you use unstoppable rounds, they have an intrinsic stun you can kind of leverage all the time. Auto rifles just feel like I'm throwing staple. It's a staple gun. It's like a tit 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 tit. It's like, come on, die. Like, I don't know. I. Autos need help. Maybe they need to scale them in harder content or something. I don't know if there's a way to do that. That would be kind of weird, but they feel so bad the minute you're in content that's challenging. And I know that the minute you're in content that's challenging, you kind of have to play the range game. You kind of have to sit back. So 110 hand cannons are an advantage there. Um, I think 110 hand cannons are going to grow in popularity this this particular season once people start to realize how helpful they are when they go into content under delta because that just there's a lot of intrinsic value to a 110 hand cannon uh it hits really hard so the impact's great they um they have great range you can run unstoppable on them you have a lot of things that give you utility when you go into challenging content the range the hitting power the stopping power the, the you know the unstoppable rounds there's a lot of things in the corner of 110s right now uh yeah the duke is a 110 so the duke the loud lullaby the warden's law are all 110 hand cannons i really i really do feel like you're going to start to see them grow in prominence they feel really really good um i don't know ar's just I just feel like I'm freaking tickling the enemies. I don't feel like I'm I'm doing anything, you know? JFGC. Uh, as we all know, the Trials item has been missing from the game. Uh, trials items. Uh, it's beginning to suspect with the lack of refreshes at vendors. Should Trials return, uh, we may not get anything new to chase outside of year two versions of the armor. Do you figure that this has any traction? I'm telling you, they've got to start to figure out how to bring weapons back. Because if they brought back the Trials weapons with random rolls, I think that would be enough for most people. Um, uh, I... I really do. I think I think that, that that would be enough. People would be like, oh my gosh, like, there's a lot of Trials weapons that, that were good with static rolls. There were, there, were, there were good Trials weapons that had static rolls. I mean, the last breath's a 600. Uh, that, uh, that just looks cool. I'm trying to think of all, all the Trials weapons um, that people might want to chase. So scouts are kind of in a, in, a, in a... Scouts are in a better spot, but they're not really in the best spot. Um, I'm trying to think, was there, a, was there a, a Trials pulse? Did I go past it? I'm having a hard time remembering all the Trials weapons. I don't think so. There was a hand cannon. The Judgment. The Judgment was a 140. Um... 
Yeah, people would go for that. People would go for the adjudicator. They would go for that. They would go for the hand cane, and they would go for the SMG. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh, there is a pulse. The pulse is pretty good. Oh, that's right. I never got it. I never got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I didn't play a lot of trials. I didn't play a lot of trials. I don't want to speak for the entire community of trials, like people that desire. Oh, there's a sniper too. I feel like if you brought back all the trials weapons with random rolls, I feel like people would chase those. They would be excited, number one, just to have trials back. Number two, I mean, you could maybe even do trials mods like the raid. You know, get a full armor set, get a 2.0 trial set. It's got a trials mod slot and there's trials mods. Um, Supreme... Supreme Guardian of Light or something where you get you can res your teammates a little bit faster um, you could get Supreme mods that don't turn the tide of a game but are noticeable uh, Trials mods could be a huge win you know um, I don't know what else you would do other than increasing like decrease res timer like so you can res somebody quicker um, I'm trying to think of what else you would do that's a lot of mods. That's there could be some potential there. I mean, there's only three for nightmare hunts. So they could just do three trials mods just to kind of get things off the ground. Um, rich get richer? No, 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 no. I mean, if you do it the way that, that it works in nightmare hunts, Hmong people would just get those mods. They're not consumable. So eventually, you would have the supreme mods, and eventually, you'd have trials armor. You got to bring back the spirit of trials before Rise of Iron. Trials had the bounties. You were practically guaranteed to get stuff every week, so you kept a lot of casuals in the player pool because they were doing the bounties. Then you got to have a, 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 a heightened, per, you know, reason to go to the lighthouse, right? So maybe there's a chance of supreme mods out of the gate. You know, when you go flawless, maybe there's guarantees. I don't know. Maybe they come with fully masterword pieces of armor or something. There's a lot of tiered rewards you could give people for going flawless that would be well worth it while also having mods. I'm sorry, bounties for people to uh, to chase. So you can have a full team buff mod also like the last man standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. I think there's a lot of room for iteration there on the armor, the mods, and then random rolls on the weapons. They could get away with doing reskin. And I know people are like, we've waited all this time for trials and it's a reskin. I think the people that have been waiting for trials would be like, let's freaking go. Finally, let's get in there. I think most trials fans would overlook the reskin and be like, the guns and the armor were dope. Let's go. There's a new mod slot. There's new mods. There's random rolls on the weapons. Let's go flawless this weekend. I think people would be excited again, as long as the, the maps that, that are, that are prone to choke point lane campville, you kind of have to take those out of rotation. You've really... I mean, since Trials is, is, is one map per weekend, I, I think you could... I don't know how many maps there are now, but if you limit it to, like, six maps, that's a month and a half worth of Trials. So your favorite map comes back, and you get to, twice a season, you get to play your favorite map. Um, you know, they could probably find six really good maps. Hopefully. Um, six really good maps, and that's half a season. Um... And you, and you can eliminate the maps that just do not play well for 3v3 Elim. Okay, Shy says, uh, do you think it'll make people happy they could do events that require owning the expansion season with Eververse Ingrams again? Okay, here here's something I, I, I maybe should have put in the video. 
I think maybe Bungie could afford to say, hey guys, Festival of the Lost is a free event. Here's everything. Season pass holders get... During during the festival, you get you get Festival of Lost Ingrams instead of nostalgic Ingrams. So you know how like right now you get these every five levels of the season pass. Even right now at 134, I get one of these every five levels. Maybe they could say, "Hey, season pass owners, you get a little extra during Festival of the Lost." You know. And the pool's going to be smaller. It's not everything, but you could earn some of the items from Festival of Loss as a season pass owner. Just a little head nod to the people that are paying. And the freeloaders could be like, oh, that's not a big deal. I'm not paying any money. It's a free event. And, you know, I can buy some stuff with Bright Dust if I've been doing my bounties. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with Bungie saying... Season pass owners for the duration of Festival of the Lost. It's a three-week event. Instead of getting nostalgic uh, engrams, you're going to get Festival of the Lost engrams. And that is going to be a limited pool of things. We're going to have one of the ghosts. We'll have uh, one of the sparrows. And we'll have, you know, a couple of the pieces of armor potentially dropping in there. It might make people feel a little bit better. Also... It would be pretty nice to get those engrams, and now instead of this being 6,000 Bright Dust, it's 3,000 Bright Dust, because you played, and you got a bunch of those engrams, and some of the armor dropped. Um, you know? I, I could see I could see them doing that. I mean, that could be a way for Bungie to say, hey, we've heard your feedback on Eververse, we've heard your feedback on Eververse presence in free events, and we feel that people who own the Season Pass should get a little, a little extra love during the free events and if people want to complain about that it'd be like well then buy the season pass like you know you're not paying any money so it's a free event enjoy the event but if you want if you want a little extra love you got to be a season pass holder i i wouldn't be against that again if they design it appropriately it would potentially uh you know motivate some purchase you might actually think oh hey i'm going to uh, I'm gonna go for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually try and get the rest of this armor set with my bright dust because I got a couple pieces from the engrams, you know. TP fearless. Name four shadowkeep exotic armor pieces. Name four. I mean, I don't know their names. I what is this? It, are you? Is this quiz time? You, you trying to like? Oh, I got him! Like this isn't freaking Jeopardy. You know, I can just go in here and do this, right? Uh, they've got the the Phoenix Cradle. And then they got the Assassin's Cowl. And then they've got the one for the Warlock is that Arc one, Storm Dancer's Brace. Um, that's three. There's not four. Uh, there's just those three. And then there were the guns. Then there were the guns. There is... Uh, they brought back the Monte Carlo. And then they got the Divinity, Ariana's Vow, uh, Xenophage Deathbringer, Leviathan's Breath. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I'm not really sure what you're doing, but uh, there you go. Oh, it's a trick question. Oh my gosh, dude, that's so funny. Could we get a 24 on TP Fearless? Uh, Wesley G523. Hey, Sun and Rage, what are your thoughts on the lock and key quest glitch? How do you think Bungie should resolve this? I think anybody in process of doing the Izanagi should get it auto completed whenever they do the patch. They should just get the gun. And I wasn't kidding about a 24. I would like a 24. (laughs) 
No, I please. All right, don't 24 him. Don't 24 him. Don't do that, TP. Don't submit joke questions. Because if I let you do it, then everybody else is going to do it. And then instead of me answering like 50 serious questions, I'm going to answer 70 and I'm going to have a bunch of 20 jokesters in there. So please don't do that, okay? It's, it's disruptive. You think it's funny, but it wouldn't be funny if 20 people did it in the midst of like 50 some odd questions. Okay? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think anybody in the middle of the Izanagi quest, when they update it, they should just give you the Izanagi. Like, just throw it in people's postmasters, because what the frick is going on? We fixed it! Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> now apologize for the clash. <laughs> You still might get hit with a 60 minute. Yeah, Soul's probably pretty grumpy at you. You gotta watch out for Soul. It wasn't a joke. I was trying to get uh, how less armor pieces than Forsaken. Oh, it wasn't a joke. Oh, yeah, they just did one per. Now, well, Forsaken was a bigger DLC. Okay, he wasn't joking. Okay, okay. Well, no, yeah, Forsaken was a bigger DLC, dude. I see what you're trying to say. You just say it next time. Um... What do they what do they do in Forsaken? They did One-Eyed Mask, they did Ursa Furiosa uh, for the Titan, and they did Heart of Inmost Light, and they did Ant and and Antius Wards, the frick. Did all those land in Forsaken? Yeah. Uh, and then the Hunter, they did Oathkeeper, Gwesenvis, the Six Coyote, um Frosties. Yeah. I see what you're driving at. It's a smaller DLC. It's a smaller DLC. You can just, uh, each class got four. Yeah, just make your make your point next time instead of, like, hinting at it. <laughs> like, you're not trying to hint to me where you would like to go to dinner like you're my girlfriend. Just get to the point. <laughs> Albino Gorilla with five months. Welcome back. Uh, Ristocrat with four months. Thank you. Um... Robbie with 12 months. I think I might have missed years. I love that he was like worried he was going to get hit with a 24. Forsaken was plus the annual pass though. Yeah, did they trickle some of those exotics out across the annual pass? Now ban me? (laughs) No, no, no. I won't ban you. I won't ban you. They did? Oh, was it one per season then? Because if it was four, if it was four per class... Did the Titan get one in Forsaken, which was Season of the Outlaw, and then Forge, Drifter, Opulence? Is that how they did it, or was it all in one? Year 2 got 8 per class. Oh, so it was... What? No, we didn't even... Are there there symbols in there that I'm not seeing then? So if we go to Exotic... Um... Oh yeah, that's what that little circle is. That's opulence, isn't it? That's an opulence one. And then Oh no, the the cup is opulence. What the frick? Oh, season of drifter is the circle. Where's season of the forge? Was season of the forge too close, I guess? My mistake, 7 not 8. Joker's Wild was not a thing anymore. They called it season of the drifter. Dawning? Did what the the drifter not get any? Circle is drifter. That's what I thought. Circle is drifter. Cup is opulence. Season of the Forge did not have exotics. That's right. Season of the Forge had the monarch and the Jotun and um last word is a Nagis. Yeah, Season of the Forge is like the little triangle thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forge was all about weapons. 
Forge is all about weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. That's right. Sorry, I I do not have the entire like Rolodex of weapons and their timing memorized in my brain. Um, I know people are like, I can't believe this guy doesn't know this stuff. Yeah, uh huh. Sure. You 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 do you do what I do and remember everything perfectly. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that that's how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the point that you're trying to make is we got less exotics this season. It was smaller, so I just think that that's a natural result of that. Now, I would say this though: we got, we got, we, we we can do other comparisons, right? Okay, we can do other comparisons. Um, we have better pools of intentional grind in the in in Shadowkeep than in Forsaken. The Lectern, the Nightmare Hunts, the Nightfalls. The, uh, the the Vex Offensive. I think we have way more intentionality towards specific items than we got in Forsaken. Forsaken was great, but then if you guys remember, I made this point the other day. We loved Forsaken on the front end, but then I spent most of my time on the back end of Forsaken just getting really irritated at the, the bad milestone RNG. I would get bad milestone RNG, and that was that was generally what I was what I was going for. I was just getting triggered by that all day long, and unfortunately, they they didn't do a lot of good. I didn't feel like they did a lot of good loot pursuit in Forsaken. I really don't. I think they they missed a lot of marks in Forsaken. They didn't do anything with the uh, they didn't do anything with the uh, the barons, and they could have. That could have been an intentional grind. Wasn't. You know, blind well, blind well was nothing. There was no intentional grind there. There's nothing. It, there was no way to grind for anything intentionally in Forsaken. Nothing. Name one intentional grind in in Forsaken. Oh, that's your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You cannot name a single intentional grind in Forsaken. Well, other than the yeah, the the pinnacles. Pinnacles were the only thing. The pinnacles were it. Yeah, the 1K voices. <laughs> uh, Nightfalls? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. That's not good enough. I mean, that's not an intentional grind. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's not at the level of what we got in Black Armory. It's not what we got in, in Season of Opulence. And it certainly isn't what we have now. I the, the game has come really, really far. I think that's one of the dilemmas is people get accustomed to people get accustomed to a quality of life change and then they're like they don't see it like people don't see the intentionality of the lectern table the rune table next to Eris. they don't see the intentionality at ikora as a quality of life improvement it's just like well that's just how things are now and they ignore it and they're like yeah but we didn't get this 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 and this it's like okay well hang on a minute you know george bailey do i need to show you what life would be like without all these quality of life updates do we need to do you know it's a wonderful life dream sequence for you and take away ikora's loot table take away the lectern take away the nightmare hunts like and just have those be active like imagine if the nightmare hunts functioned like the barons just every once in a while being able to do them and farm them maybe for one static roll armor drop like that you see what i'm saying they've made a lot of those things way better and i don't think people see it that it's like oh but and then they go to the thing that they think is missing that mattered more which is understandable um Ikora's bounties are a bit redundant for me because everything drops so much in Vex Offensive alone. 
I just think logistically speaking, you can't ignore how good that is though. You grab her four frames, you fill them, and then when you finish Vex Offensive, four guns and extra guns along the way. That's awesome. It's overly generous because it's a seasonal event that's going away. But again, logistically speaking, that quality of life update Imagine if you would have had that quality of life loot pursuit in Reckoning. Imagine if you would have had that with, I don't know, uh, the Barons. The Barons could have had unique drops. And instead of having the Barons only showing up really during Flashpoint, what if there would have been three Barons a week? Like how we get three Nightmares a week. And you could go grind those Barons, turn up the difficulty, and get drops from them. That would have been significantly better. And... Like, they didn't do that. The Barons were like a non... That still, to me, is like the biggest swing and a miss of Forsaken. Those fights are so good. The Baron fights are awesome. And we barely touch them. It's got to be one of the least replayed pieces of content in Destiny, which is crazy because Destiny's all about replaying content, you know? Especially since the Baron fights are better than the Nightmares. Oh, preach! preach the the nightmare fights are not good they're cool they're quick min maxing's fun i've been enjoying doing the time trials but the boss fights in the nightmare hunts are terrible they really really are like they uh, it's it it, immunity is stupid man get just stop bungie just stop stop doing immunity just stop it okay just enough is enough no more no more immunity please Give me a mechanic to master and let me bake, right? Let me bake. And I swear to frick, if they start working against some of our bake strats that we've come up with, I'm going to throw a fit. Like, there's something so satisfying about that. It feels so good to bake a boss. And it, and it honestly feels like we're skirting design because the design's so bad. Like, we're trying to get around it. Did you guys see that golf fight today? It was like... We go in with three warlocks, it's a joke. We go in with one warlock, and I was like, dude, this room is horrible. It's horrible. It's like... (laughs) And if you do a ton of damage to him, you lose damage phases. Where's the logic there? Like, I want to meet the guy in charge of Nightmare Hunts who said, well, if they come in the room and they do like 50% damage, they don't get phase two on damage. They gotta get to phase three, so so take it from them. What in the blue frick are you doing? You are literally punishing players for maximizing damage. Something that you incentivize! You incentivize us to do it! Yeah, there's mods! There's mods! There's mods, chat! They actually tell you to to, to bake. Like, what, what am I supposed to interpret this to mean? Supreme Nightmare Banisher grants additional damage to your super against Nightmare bosses. What am I supposed... I'm supposed to see that and be like, now nah, hang on though. Hang on, guys. We're not supposed to do too much damage. Why would we do that? Why would we take the internal systems of incentivization and power and min-maxing and customization? Why would we do that? They're going to punish us for that. It's so freaking stupid. It hurts. It hurts my brain that they did that. They added something so cool. Normal, enhanced, supreme mods. And the damage, the thresholds we can hit are awesome. And they punish you for doing it. It is, it is brain-hurtingly stupid 
that they did that. I it's just like, come on, guys. We have been saying this since the Fanatic. We have been saying this since Exodus Crash Strike Boss. Who the frick? Like, Luke Smith, I'm pleading with you. You guys have been listening to the community. You've been implementing all the changes. Can we cut the crap with immunity phases? Just cut the crap. If you, Listen, if you want to give them a big health pool, that's fine. We will figure out a bake. We'll figure out a bake. We'll use the Supreme Mods. We'll go in there. If I got to two-phase it, I'll two-phase it. You know? But, like, what we did at Gaul today, we got into, like, less than half health, and it became a nightmare. Why? Because we got denied a damage phase. We had to fight twice the amount of enemies to do damage. It's like, that's stupid. That's so dumb. Oh, it hurts my brain. But you're a shill, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cap your damage, but give you mods that give you more damage. Right, it's internally dissonant. It is internally dissonant. It makes no sense. Imagine. Look at what we do in the raid. Look at what we do in the raid, okay? If you use Enhanced Relay Defender, and you stack up, and you only stun him once, and you all stand next to it, they don't stop you from doing tons of damage on that boss. They're like, no, hang on a minute. Oh, you're not allowed to do that. I mean, I know we motivate you, incentivize it. We create an internal system that allows you to maximize damage, but hold the phone and they make the boss immune. That'd be terrible. That'd be so frustrating. That's one of the coolest things they added this season. It reminds me of Wrath of the Machine. Slam the plates, get your supers, boom, boom, boom. Slam the plates, get your supers, boom, boom, boom. That was so fun in Axis. That was so fun. And they brought that back with Relay Defender. And then you go in the Nightmare Hunts and you're like, what is this? Why'd you guys do this? We're coming up with the cheesiest, most dumb strats to survive these rooms because you're not letting us do what we kitted out to do, which is maximize damage on a boss that's going to kick the snot out of us if we try and stay alive in this room for too long. So, Garden of Salvation is, is is bringing past is bringing past ideas into the present. And I want to see more of that. There's something so exciting about that. You know? Something so exciting about that. Yeah, I, I, I got a little carried away. My voice went high pitched. I was like, there's, there's mods! They give us mods! Why? <laughs> oh, bird bro. Do you think the Empyrean Cartographer set is worth half of the content of Shadowkeep? I think there is value mismatch here. The store is meant to make money, but that's the message I get from prices like that. I saw you telling me you wanted me to take this question out because you're like, it's a dumb question. Please don't read it. (laughs) But we're going to. Um, Okay. What are you actually talking about, though? Are you talking about this full set here? Oh, the Empyrean set. Right, right, right. Right, so the Empyrean set is more expensive than the past itself. Right, right, right. Okay. He says, no, don't read that. The, I'm, I'm going to go with it, though, bird bro, even though you you went to Stupidville and then came back. You're like, that was a stupid question. I don't want to ask that question. I think this is an important question to interact with because somebody asked this earlier. They said, they said something different. They said, why is an emote that's $10, the, this emote here, Tombstone, that's the same price as a season? And I flipped it around on them. I'm like, shouldn't you be asking why seasons are so cheap? It's 12 weeks of trickled content for $10. Like, our, the, the, you're, 
We I, the, the the actual telescope is should be flipped around. You're looking at the you're looking at one teeny tiny little thing. Why don't you flip the telescope around and see all we get for such pennies on the hour? Like we do we get so much content for such a small amount of money. You can't that's why I don't think comparing and that's beside the point anyway. Value perception on cosmetics has nothing to do with what you actually spend in the game. Cosmetics in general are are can't be dirt cheap because then nobody buys them and there's no revenue generated. If they're all a dollar, then there's an automatic value perception there that they're worthless and they're trash and everyone's going to have them and then no one buys them. So there's all kind of market research that goes into the structure pricing for these things because value perception is important. If you have to save your bright dust, if you have to pinch, you know, pinch those bright dust pennies to buy the thing that you really want, it has more intrinsic value. You had to kind of work for it instead of just coming every week and being like, well, I got a couple thousand bright dust last week by doing my weeklies and my repeatables. And you just buy everything in the store. It would devalue all of it. You would just have everything. It would, it would be super, super easy. Path of Exile is a free game, but the cosmetics are super expensive. Cosmetics in general just cost more because of a, va- a variety of the things I just outlined. Um, value perception, making actual revenue on them. And again, I think people making comparisons to like, oh, an emote costs as much as a season. It's like, dude, seasons are dirt cheap. You're, you're, you're ignoring the fact that like, 12 weeks of trickled content in a live service game where like each week we've got plenty to do, plenty to chase, and, and plenty to, to partake in. And that costs you $10. Well, in Shadowkeep, it costs you $35, but that's for the DLC and the season. I don't know. I just... I I get why people start making those comparisons, but that would be like, why is the popcorn as expensive as the movie? Why is the soda almost as much as my movie ticket? It's like, you know, why is a hot dog and a beer almost the same cost as it was to get these, these nosebleed seats? It's like, be, because that's a value. Like, that's a value perception, and that's how they make their money. Like... That's just the way that it works. Like, companies making money isn't evil. I just, I don't understand this utopian hippie world that people live in where everything should be given away for free and companies should break even. Like, well, I, I, I'm just going to continue to say it. I don't really care what people think of me. I want Bungie to make profit. I want Bungie to make lots of profit because that means there's tons of more stuff for them to do, add, and create in the future. If they're, if they're barely making it by and their, their margins are razor thin, then they're not going to hire new people. They're not going to expand departments. They're not going to be able to hire actors and, and do new cool things. They're going to be barely squeezing, you know, they're like, oh man, we barely, we barely got out of the black. I mean, a little bit of profit. Like that's just, you want them to be buried in money so that they can just continue to be happy, well-paid, you know, employees. And then, man, our department's really struggling with bandwidth right now. No worries, man. Game's doing really well. We're going to expand your department. Like I have no freaking problem with that. No problem with that at all. That'd be like me going to my favorite restaurant but I gotta drive 20 minutes to get there and if they start doing really really well and making tons of money they expand then there's more restaurants then there's a restaurant closer to me then they start offering like uh, delivery services so I can order it and have it delivered to my house I want your I'm not gonna go to my favorite pizza restaurant and be like listen your pizza's a little expensive don't you think you guys could shave this down a bit and break even no no absolutely not I want them to make tons of money now obviously if I'm going in and buying a hundred 
$100 pizza, that would get a little ludicrous, right? It's got to be within the margins of what's like sort of standard in the industry. You know, $15 to $20 for a pizza, totally fine. Well, it's more expensive than Pizza Hut. Yeah, well, it tastes better and I like it better and the atmosphere is cool and they got good beer. Like, there'd be all those elements to me saying, I want you guys to be incredibly successful. It broke my heart when our favorite pizza joint closed down, right? They had no eggs in the place. We could go there with my daughter's egg allergy. Mellow mushroom was so, so good, and they closed down. It was a, it was crushing. It was like, that was our Tuesday thing that we did as a family, and it's gone, you know? And that's not because, like, people weren't buying or whatever, right? There was something going on with the owners or something. I forget. I don't really know what happened, but... Uh, Melbourne's with three months. Thank you. I don't know, man. If, if, suddenly, if suddenly Netflix charged me a... Mm, let me think let me think let me think I pay the premium for Netflix if Netflix charged me 10 bucks to get access to Stranger Things two weeks early I would do it no question I love this show it's fantastic I want you guys to make money I want you to keep making seasons here's my $10 no hesitation give me the show let me binge it like I wouldn't hesitate I just wouldn't now I'm not saying oh Lono you're just giving people permission to nickel and dime us right but I know production costs are high for original content on Netflix I know it's incredibly expensive I know the actors are probably actually negotiating for probably very very high paid contracts because Stranger Things is like the biggest thing on the block for Netflix so like I understand all those things and I'd be like you know what I'd be willing to pay that right what if they took Stranger Things out and then charged ten dollars to watch it? Nothing in de- nothing in Bungie is they've not taken anything out of your pockets or out of your out of your game and then charged you for it. They haven't done that. They haven't done that. They haven't taken anything out of the game. They're not like, yeah, um, that really cool such and such or that cool thing there, or that cool thing there. That's not in the game anymore. Uh, it's in the micro store now. No, that's not it at all. I can wait two weeks and watch Stranger Things. I can wait two weeks, save Bright Dust, and buy the things from the Eververse that I want. You know? Zvan, uh, Zvanek. Thoughts on the Izanagi bug situation? They should patch it, and anybody who's currently working on it should just get the gun. Or, easy peasy, lemon squeezy solution. Uh, delete, d- delete the quest and... Or, or auto-complete the quest for anybody who has it and if they don't have it, just have Zer sell the stupid thing. Uh, <laughs> like, just what is happening? Just fix it. You know what I mean? It's such a, it's such an important weapon right now. Sorry if this has already been answered. What's the difference between the Eververse store versus Fortnite item store? It's because Fortnite is free, therefore people don't mind. The comparison to Fortnite gets kind of muddy because there's a couple of differences. Bungie's uh, Destiny is free entry point, pay for DLC, so that's a big difference in departure. Destiny is loot-based, Fortnite is not. So customization in Destiny up to now was traditionally driven by you playing content, right? Now, ornamental customization was not a thing in Destiny 1 until they added it to exotics, and it was a microtransaction that could slowly, I mean slowly be earned. I had a few of the ornaments in D1, and it was not easy to get them, okay? And I played a lot. So, um, I would, I would say that Fortnite and Destiny are hard to compare for that reason, I get it. People are like, and Paul Tassi made this point in his article. It's a fair point. It's a loot-based game. People want the loot. You're making it to where they can't get all the loot. 
my pushback will always be quantitatively a lot of this stuff was not in this game until it was introduced as a micro store and I'm going to point to ghost projections transmat effects the minute you suck some of this stuff out of the eververse the quantity the quantitative like oh look how much stuff's in there yeah ghost projections brand new thing in destiny 2 that was a flourish that was added to the store emotes customized emotes right was was something added to the store transmat effects like these are all things if you if you take those out of the store this store gets pretty barren pretty fast you've got half a page here of emotes you've got an entire page of emotes or ghost projections here that's two entire pages just gone if you take those out those are not traditionally farmed for sought after items in the game so i get it it's a loot based game people want all the loot but when bungie creates brand new things like ghost projections or uh or emotes you know things like that or what was the other thing transmat effects i don't know come on like that, that stuff just isn't do you really really need to drop with, with like murder of crows do you really need to be able to do that? Do you need every single one of these? And that actually is a pretty cool one. But I I don't know, man. Ghosts too. Customizing your ghosts was just not a thing in D1. And in D2, we're swimming in ghosts. We're swimming in ghosts. They're everywhere. You know? I just... I don't know. You said earlier that if you're not grinding bright dust, you can't complain about the store. I've averaged 50 hours a week on Destiny since Shadowkeep, level 220 on the season pass. I can't afford to keep up the prices. How much more do I have to play? There's loot in the game that I want to earn, uh, and my time investment is insane. Okay, but again, you have a faulty premise and you have a faulty conclusion, Kinigmatic Echo. A faulty premise leads to a faulty conclusion. Okay? Number one, this store is not here for you to get everything from it. So, the minute we dismantle that premise, everything you're saying is irrelevant. That's not what this store is here for. Now, if you're playing that to that degree, and you're ending every week with roughly 3,000 Bright Dust, that means, since this since this DLC has dropped, you should have rough, roughly 12,000 Bright Dust. Which means, you could come in here and prioritize and buy some of the things, but not all of the things. And that is the way the cookie crumbles. That is life right now in Destiny. Free entry point, self-published game, you can't earn everything in the micro store. Sorry. That's just the way that it is. I, you know what I'm saying? I, they're, they're not going to let you earn everything in here anymore. They just aren't. We have to accept that. Like, it's a respectful micro store. We, I always want to dial it back. Let's just stop for a second and dial it back. It's a micro store with no RNG, no power being sold, direct purchase, clear value transmission of your dollars when you buy silver. It has all the things that people want in a micro store. No RNG, no loot boxes. They're not selling power. Cosmetic only. No game impacting items. And it's very clear, direct purchase. What? Are you, this is seven bucks, this is seven bucks, this is eight bucks. There's no, there's no smoke and mirrors, there's no RNG, there's no loot boxes, there's no selling power. It's doing all the things that gamers ask of a micro store. It is a respectful micro store, and it goes one further. It goes one further than most micro stores. It lets you earn and buy some of the things at a pretty regular pace, and they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. I just, they're ticking off a lot of boxes. 
They're ticking off a lot of boxes. You go to any other game's micro store, and you're not going to be able to tick all those boxes. You won't be able to check all those boxes. You won't. You'll go to another micro store, and you'll be like, I, I can't earn any of it. Okay? Can't check that box. They're selling power. Can't check that box. There's RNG. There's loot boxes. Can't check that box. Every other micro store you go to is more than likely you're not going to be able to check all the boxes that this micro store checks. You just aren't. It's a respectful micro store. It really is. It treats the player with respect, and it's not. It's it's it has none of the things that people hate in micro stores. Think about it. Think about it. All the typical things that have been said about micro stores up to this point, we don't hear any about that. About this, all we hear is what well, I want it all. That's all we hear. That's a player. That is a player demand perception problem. That's not a problem with the Eververse. I just I don't know. It, 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 they're not doing any of the things that, that, that largely when you go to a micro store and complain about it, there's going to be, oh, there's loot boxes in there. Oh, they're selling power, right? Oh, this is unbelievable. I can't believe they're doing this, right? I can't earn any of it. You'd be able to make one of those criticisms and you can't. So we have to resort to, well, but I want to earn it all. And that's why I keep saying faulty premise. That's a faulty premise about this micro store. So, yeah, time savers too. Like a micro store that allows you to like not play. Now they do offer the Spark of Light. They've done that since Taken King. At least it's not like here front and center, you know. Short, you know, shortcut, shortcut. Um Only argument you can make is the Eververse armor only being transmog. Oh, but that's actually a huge value point, Ray J. That's a huge value point. If I buy an armor set right now, it transcends all seasons. I don't have to worry about its stats. I don't have to worry about its perks or its or its elemental affinity. I can always look like that forever. I can look like that in the summer next year if I want. I spend my money now and that ornamental set comes with me everywhere. Like my Titan can always look like that if I want it to. That's a much better transcendent value transmission than like, oh man, it's a great helmet, but it's the wrong affinity. Oh, it's the wrong affinity. I can't. No, it's not that they don't, you don't have to worry about that. It being ornamental is actually a huge value win for the community. They got so many levels of this right. They got so many levels of it right. People want to dispute prices and stuff, but again, prices, earn rate of bright dust, silver, all that stuff is either completely subjective of like, I think that's too expensive. That's subjective. Value perception on an item like that is not is not objectively factual. So we got to knock that off the table. Oh, but the earn rate of bright dust, blah, 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 blah. That stems from the, the premise and the perception that you should be able to earn everything. That's not something you were promised. So that expectation as a player needs to be adjusted. So prices are subjective, not objective. And the expectation to earn everything is an expectation that has not been set by Bungie. So, I'm just trying to say I'm upset I can't use the armor I earned in the raid or something as transmog. I hear where you're coming from on that. I do. And I do think Ray J, I think that's some feedback we could provide to Bungie and say, you know, it'd be really great if there were like aspirational armor sets that got a like a transmog pass or something once you get a full set from the raid. 
maybe it unlocks it as an ornamental set because like I, I hear where you're coming from it's like well dad gummit this armor looks amazing but I got a better roll on armor from the freaking like public event over here you know I think pinnacle armor that comes from events like this I think they should be ornamental I agree with that you gotta be careful though like internally the database like they can't go crazy every armor that drops can't be ornamental I think they could say okay raid armor can be ornamental uh iron banner sure you know I don't know uh let's go to the next question sorry if you've already talked about this says Dr. Sprepper we always talk about difficulty spectrum and activities for every type of player, and it seems that this week in general had a nice difficulty spectrum with the dungeon for hardcore, festival for casuals, new EP activity, somewhere in the middle. Is this a good system difficulty spectrum, or uh, does every activity need its own spectrum? I don't think the dungeon is done, and I don't think the dungeon was hard enough for hardcore players. Uh, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was, um, eh, it wasn't too hard. And I think there's uh, been a data mined potential uh, difficulty spectrum coming. I do think almost every activity needs the 980. I, I like that. There's something special about that. Um, there's something nice to be like, oh, there's something that's like always sort of out of reach. Now there's got to be a loot incentive attached to it. If I'm going to go into that, if I'm going to go into that dungeon at 980, it's going to be tough. It already is. I mean, it's it ain't easy. It, it it's. It takes it takes awareness and like communication, but it is not it is not like a 980 nightfall or a 980 nightmare hunt. So I think a 980 would be really good with loot incentive. Um, there's no loot incentive for 980s at all. Well, that's not true. 980 nightmare hunts, especially when you have ones you can burn really fast, like Gaul, is a fantastic uh, farm for the lectern. Uh, if you're trying to make weapons at the lectern, it's the best turnover rate uh, to make those guns. And then the Nightfalls have really, really good, uh, really, really great drop rates on things that are valuable. So that's not true. Now, we would need a Loon Incentive on the Nightfall. I'm sorry, on the dungeon if they went up to 980. It's like right now the Loon Incentive in the dungeon ain't even that strong, to be fair. <laughs> it's not that strong. But I can justify that because it's like, well, it's not that hard. It's a 940 encounter. I think it goes up to 960 at the end. So. Majority of the lectern guns are garbage. That's not true at all. There's a great 110 hand cannon. There's a great shotgun. There's the best grenade launcher in the game. Uh, there's a really strong sniper. Uh, there's an SMG that you could argue has some pretty good rolls on it. There's a good fusion rifle. You are literally like provably fall- like wrong about that. That's not even a matter of subjectivity. Stat-wise and roll-wise, there's some amazing guns in the lectern. If you don't like them, that's fine. But you can't say the majority of the lectern guns are garbage. You haven't done your research if you think that. The, a lot of the guns from the lectern are really, really good. There are better guns. There's not a better grenade launcher. There's not another 110. There's not a 110 that can run demo. Um, there's not a. There, I think there's one other kinetic shotgun that can get one-two punch, but I don't think it's a rapid fire. I can't remember the one from Menagerie. Is I don't think it's a rapid fire. Tranquility is a fantastic sniper. Great kinetic sniper. Um, it's got firing line. It, it can also get box breathing. Really, really nice. Um, you are you are you are way off the mark. There's great great potential roles and weapons from the lectern. <laughs> you just you are missing the mark there. You could argue that like the SMG isn't that great, the auto rifle isn't that great. That has more to do with those archetypes than the weapons themselves. So Yeah, you can not like the way they look. That's fine. Doesn't mean they're not worth chasing. 
Uh, it's just Normac. If they keep the economy the same, do you think that they should say, here, choose anything you want, but it's going to cost an arm and a leg? I mean, I, this, I'm not answering that question. It's not even thoughtful. It, it's, I don't even know what you're asking. T-Funk, do you think they will add new weapon mods? Uh, they've added a lot of perks and almost zero mods to help. Swash bucket thing. Well, Swash isn't necessarily new. I think that the weapons... You're... You're talking about a system that may not even be in existence in the future. There may not be mods that... that, um, Go... That attach themselves to perks anymore. The weapon system is going to get completely overhauled. And we don't know what they're going to do to it. And so we may not even have a situation where there's like a... Dragonfly spec or Rampage spec. Personally, I think that those probably need to go. Um, I think there's probably better ways to have us do things to perks. Like I said, with like the leveling up perks might be better. And mods should be more about um, like modifying the actual weapon or something. I don't know. It'd be really nice to not have to chase like Outlaw or Drop Mag and to throw on a reload mod. <laughs> like, well, I got a great roll, but the reload's bad. Let me throw on a reload mod to make up the difference. Um, so some trade, some stat trading there would be nice. I just, I, the weapon system's going to get a, a lot done to it. So I don't really know if it's worth our time delving down this road. Cause it's like this stuff might even be around, uh, after the, after the next weapons pass when they finally do one. So, uh, I thought it was free. Do you think that the battle pass should have been repeatable? Yeah, I was going to do a video on this. I do think we've talked about this. Uh, right now, it'd be cool if there was another lane down here that opened up. That you could just keep running through. Number one, it could visually show you you're getting these nostalgics. And then you could also have like diminished amounts of the, of the, the materials as well. Um, just to show people that they're getting stuff. You know, you're still getting stuff for leveling. Cruxley, do you think eliminating some of the FOMO would help people feel like Bright Dust Grind is more fair? Having a rotation of older items for a limited time release to pick from the past items? I, I, I just, I don't have a lot of, I don't really have any issues here. So when people are throwing out solutions like this, I don't think these are needed. I want this store to make money. I don't care what people think of me for saying that. I really don't. I want this store to make money. So I don't think they need to, the, the only thing they need to iterate on this would be to make sure that it's making money. And I, if, if, if people feel like FOMO is a bad thing, well, I got news for you. That's like every game ever. That's, oh, you want a dark below FOMO. I'm missing out. Fear of missing out. I'm not going to be a part of that. You got to buy the DLC, you know, and cosmetic items I think people really stretch FOMO. FOMO, as a term and as an idea, makes more sense if you apply it to the season passes than the freaking cosmetic store. I Who is coming in here about fear of missing out? Oh, I'm missing out. I think FOMO stands for fear of missing out. I think you're going to more naturally feel FOMO about a season pass than like a ghost or a sparrow. I don't know. Maybe you really, really are, are really driven by the cosmetics. So you're really bummed that your buddy got the broomstick, you know, sparrow and you didn't, you know, I, if you're really, really driven by FOMO, I, I don't know. I think it's far more 
pal- it's far more sensible and far more potent for a season pass because there's literal content and drops and things to go and do that you can't you can't get if you don't buy so you are going to miss out I just I don't know if you feel FOMO about cosmetic items yeah I kind of agree it's kind of a you problem Bungie is not throwing this stuff in your face and being like all your friends have it and you don't oh look how many people from your friends list have tombstone and you don't like they're just like here's awesome stuff and people are like yeah but I might miss out it's limited time I don't know when it's going to be available for bright dust and I'm like yeah okay I mean at a low level there's got to be a sense of urgency because it's a storefront like they, I think urgency is fine it's it's high noon 88 for the divinity change would you like to it to break the stacking rule but nerf it no I why why go and say we're revamping how buffs and debuffs stack right we're going to completely revamp how buffs and deb- debuffs stack and then is soon as they establish that they break those rules that would be pointless they overhauled the entire way that we do debuffs and buffs and weapon buffs like it's all been overhauled so you can't do those stackings so divinity can't land in the game right after they do that and be like yeah but not me (laughs) like i don't know that's why in all my strat vids i didn't use divinity and if i did use divinity i didn't use divinity in a cheat in the in the cheesy way i didn't stack it on top of that i only use it for how it's going to work you know in a week servo says the power level is never that important you always get a catch up do you think that it would be better uh, if there was a reason to actually hit the cap like an event or a quest that opens once you hit 960 well 950 unlocks pinnacles 900 unlocks a bunch of milestones so they're already kind of doing this power level does change things and you don't always get a catch up we did up to now we did up to now um, as far as you know get a catch up but that's only if you're always doing a gear bump that's why I don't think they're doing a gear bump again because I don't think that that's ideal you always have to do that here's a surge bounties here's a surge quest people fell behind there's a new power bump and since there's a new power bump uh, we've also we, we've also got to do um, we got to get people caught up because they fall behind. Like, there's a lot of problems with that system. Servo, do you think Bungie is trying to bring the D1 locations back so they can just call it Destiny? So in future seasons, there would be old Mars locations and current Mars. Yeah, I don't know. You know, th- there's something we haven't considered about this theory. I think it's unlikely, but we could consider it just for the sake of of, of a thought experiment. What if Luke Smith's saying there's technical restrictions and we're going to have to, like, add activities and remove activities? What if that's why? What if they do have plans to bring more locations back? I mean, I think they have plans to bring the Dreadnought back. I think we have good reason to think that. So that's at least one. They've already brought back the moon. So then you got to bring back Cosmodrome, Venus, the rest of Mars. Mars is already there. You have to let us go to the rest of Mars. Um... Cosmodrome, Venus, the rest of Mars, and then what? What am I? Mi- what? What am I missing? I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the other one. Venus, Cosmodrome, Mars. Oh, the Moon. Yeah, that's it. Four. I'm, I was like, I'm blanking on one. Well, we already have. We already have the Moon. 
Uh, yeah, well, the plague lands were attached to the Cosmodrome. That's the plague lands in my mind are kind of attached to the Cosmodrome. So it's very it's possible that they could bring back Cosmodrome, Dread, and and, and plague lands. Maybe before they do that, they would just bring back the rest of Mars, and then they bring back Venus, and they bring back the Dreadnought. I just don't know, man. That's real. You're getting you're getting real cluttered. You're getting real bloated. Um, you know, Mars would finish itself. And I guess they could do it on the EDZ, right? I mean, Cosmodrome would be here. So this completes itself. This completes itself. They got to add Venus as an actual planet. So that would be like an actual directory thing. And then we didn't go to Saturn, but we would need to see like the Dreadnought next to Saturn. People would say reskin. Of course they would. Who cares? Those people don't matter. Um, Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. At the beginning of this, I said I think it's unlikely. It's fun to think it through. It's fun to, it's fun to think through that as like a thought experiment. Um, I would say... I would say that they're not going to do that. I don't know. They could always change the director. True. 100 Bits from Donk Meat says, Is this reaction to be expected now? Uh, this is what happens when the new gen of social activist kids get jealous of those with more than they have. They organize, uh, criticize things they don't like, try to get a stir uh, out of pure materialistic jealousy, throwing a tandem because they don't have everything and life's not fair. I mean, you're getting real like, you're getting real like sociological and analyzing like a generational shift and you know, I, I don't know if that's really what's going on. I think people that really like to get everything in destiny kind of want to get everything in destiny i don't necessarily know if that's a generational entitlement shift uh okay boomer yeah i i think entitlement gets thrown around maybe a little too much um i do think there are times where people argue from a place of entitlement and i don't use that as a dirty word i kind of use it as it is uh you know to say hey you're not entitled to all this stuff. If you think you you should be able to earn everything in the store, I'm 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 putting meat on the bones of entitlement. If your premise is that you should be able to earn everything in here, that's entitlement, but not in like the dirty word like 10-year-old, you know, pounding on the table entitle entitlement, right? It's not it's not millennial entitlement. That's just somebody that's not really coming here with a with a good a good uh uh, expectation set, you know? I think that we'll go to the Dreadnought because that bug we had not too long ago, Bungie just covered it up. Bungie did not cover up us going to the Dreadnought. They told us we were going to the Dreadnought after Vanilla D2 launched. Luke Smith said the post credit scene where the Light of the Traveler goes out, he said that's, that's the order of the DLC. So it hit Mercury first. That's Osiris. Then it hit Mars. That's Warmind. Then it hit the Reef. That's 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 shadow key. I'm sorry, that's forsaken, and then it it, it changed order because after that it hit the dreadnought and Saturn, and we went to the moon instead. I think dreadnoughts next year in September. Cruxley, how do you feel about Bungie overselling armor 2.0 and chasing old armor? A majority of the armor only rolls with low stats, and none have seasonal mod slot. Yeah, I don't know if they oversold it. I think maybe you're overstating them talking about it by saying they oversold it. They just said all armor will drop 2.0. So if there's armor that you like, you can go get it as 2.0. 
but they also it's laden with contextual power if you want the seasonal slot you got to get the seasonal armor you know you want to get that raid slot you know you need that seasonal slot to be there i mean if you want to use those raid mods so i don't know i don't think they oversold it i do think they need to think differently about how we get some of it the ep grind doesn't need updated unless they're going to update the actual you know season it i'm sorry activity itself um but they could afford to rethink why do i want to chase that old armor if it can't even use the seasonal mod slot now that's a reason though to shove people to the new which i said like the guns should be that way if i if i use um a season a new seasonal weapon right like the arc logic or if i use the loud lullaby i think the loud lullaby should have two mod slots it should have a seasonal slot for the artifact and then the normal one so i could run minor spec and unstoppable so it's a soft push for me to use new year three weapons i think all year three weapons should have that extra slot which again is a similar thing here there's this extra slot season of the undying slot it's a soft push for me to use new armor you know it's Rondo. Microtransactions are monthly sub, around $5. Uh, would that solve the Eververse problems by getting the items via gameplay and nothing would be purchased? Well, they're never going to get a sub a subscription fee off the ground. I know people go to this and think like, oh, I'd be, I'd be down to pay a sub, I'd be down to pay a sub. Um, I don't think most of the console player base would like that. There's a big difference between paying for a DLC and they're basically already kind of charging us a subscription fee anyway. You're basically paying about 60 bucks a year. That's basically five bucks a month, right? You're basically paying a subscription fee already. But the difference is when people see a subscription fee, it's a barrier. You can't play Destiny unless you pay the sub fee. You can play Destiny, but you can't play the new content. It's just different. It's totally, it's positioned totally differently. Oh man, I can't afford my subscription fee this month. I can't play Destiny. Instead of, oh, dude, I got to wait. I got to buy this season. I can't buy this season right now. I got to wait a couple weeks. Well, you can still play during those couple weeks. People don't like subscription fees for that reason. They're not as flexible. It's, 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 just isn't, it, it's not something that console players are even accustomed to. Right. And, I, and the ESO idea that T-Funk's putting in chat, like above and beyond, I said they could do something like that with the Eververse, but instead they opted to do a season pass. I think now that'd be too confusing. Oh, it's $10 for the season pass and you play and as long as you play, you're getting stuff. Oh, also there's an Eververse book, you know, that costs $20 and it guarantees you every Eververse item that season as long as you play and work your way through the Eververse book. The collectivists would love that idea, but they might feel like, oh, no, you're just trying to nickel and dime me. No, not really. It's $20 and it guarantees you'll get everything new that season. Just play and work your way through the Eververse book like the ESO subscription with the crowns or whatever. It goes above and beyond. It gives you that ability. You know, I just don't know at this point. That would feel like a lot of monetization structure that might end up short-circuiting people even buying it. Hawk and Rain. Uh, do you think that the curated role is meant to be a god role? I've missed your talk. Oh, the werewolf? Werewolf's a great role on the curated role, and then the rest of the potential random roles aren't that good. They kind of they, It doesn't really work as... as We were thinking it was going to be a really good grind, and you're going to be able to chase potential god roles. There really aren't any roles worth using, unfortunately. Um, so, I wish there were, but there aren't. It was, it was a swing and a miss. It was a swing and a miss in my mind. Um... 
because they could have done I feel like they could have done more with it you know like horror story was a great role and then after that it was like okay I got it and now I'm done and unfortunately the uh, the werewolf is in the same camp once you get it you're kind of done typical boomer with a brand new prime sub what the frick thank you enjoy the ad free viewing and the awesome emotes Chromie Put says, "Oh, let me. I'm. I've been trying to check my uh, my DMs. Twitter DMs aren't notifying me sometimes. It's kind of weird the way that uh, the way that happens. Um, anyway, what are some ways you would make strikes more interesting? I've already answered this in plenty of other Q and A sessions, so I'm gonna be really quick. You take the weapon frame idea from Ikora and you put it in Zavala. You already get a currency from running strikes. The coins." You get a currency from running Vex Offensive to buy those to buy those frames. So you give Shax or and Zavala both. If you give them both, the same thing. A couple of frames and th- like two weapon frames, and then the rest are armor pieces. And you could grind strikes to complete those frames and just keep going all day. Uh, Doctor Vizneski, I've been playing my Warlock with Ophidian aspect. I love the concept of an exotic armor giving stats, reload and handling in this case. Do you think this could be a more utilized avenue for exotic armors? I don't think people are going to run... You're running Ophidian Aspect. I got news for you. You are like one of maybe five people. (laughs) There's not a lot of people that are probably running Ophidians. They're beautiful. They're so cool looking. And it's a nice feature. But my gosh, why would you not run Nezirax? Why would you not run Phoenix Protocol? Why would you not run Luna Factions? Um, Now, yeah, Ophidians are great for Crucible granted i'm sorry in pvp sure okay um so maybe there's room for exotics in crucible that just kind of do you know stats um i'm just trying to think through that because i mean you're saying reload and handling and then that's more universal yeah, I could see that. I mean, I just think eventually you're going to run out, right? Um, these french fries could use some more salt. Thank you for the 100 bits, typical boomer. Um, you know, I, I could see them saying that... I could see them saying, hey, there's exotics that are just more about increasing stats. You just got to be really careful because you can break stuff. Outside of reloaded handling, like what kind of stats are you going to give people? Um, you know, it, it, there's... There's already a lot of stuff that does stuff to stats, and it and it and it's it's really problematic. Big fat banana. I'm sorry this was discussed before, but I heard there won't be any more raids this season pass. Is that true? Uh, I don't see there's any way they're going to give us any more raids. If we get one, maybe in the spring, it'll be a raid layer size. A lot of the extra raids were built by other companies. Um, Vicarious Visions built the Spire of Stars. They also built the. Um, the Menagerie, they also built Crown of Sorrow, so Vicarious Visions is no longer a part of the bandwidth. I don't think Bungie can make uh, any more raids. Now, my theory is we're going to get raid layers, maybe, maybe, and they'll put them inside of Garden of Salvation and use existing uh, assets. Ray J. King, what do you think about instead of chasing some mods, you can get perks instead like Dragonfly and put it in the mod slot, but some perks would be restricted. Yeah, this... This goes down the lane of like why we need to return to the true primary, secondary, and heavy and have like a true elemental primary system and then that would line up with that. I This could get problematic. I mean, you can't put Dragonfly in a kinetic ant, you know, kinetic. Or maybe you could. I don't know. Duplis. 
Probably not that good of a question, but should they make the armor that can't use the undying mod slot into ornaments? Like the product armor set. We've gotten this question a lot. I don't think you want to go to old armor sets and just turn them into ornaments because that cuts that undercuts Bungie's ability to reuse that content, whether it's the Escalation Protocol armor set or anything else. If they want to rejuvenate those 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 activities, you kind of have to let them also then rejuvenate the armor sets. If you just turn them into ornaments, and you'll never you, you potentially would never need to grind for them. Uh, based on impulse. Could you see Bungie doing smaller scale dungeons every season rather than making a full raid? This again is unlikely. I just, I feel like dungeons are pretty elaborate. I mean, I know that, you know, Pit of Heresy doesn't seem that elaborate, but there's a hidden boss in there. Uh, it's big. It's, it's, it's scope and its size is pretty massive. So I don't know. You're saying smaller size dungeons? At that point, people might say, why'd you even make this? Um, I just think there's always a risk in making something that'll just feel small and almost intrinsically fruitless man you guys spent all this time building this and it's just not that great of a dungeon um you know it's not that great of a dungeon I would think dungeon and raids once a year and they could really start to leverage um we could really start to leverage the uh difficulty spectrum so harder versions of raids harder versions of dungeons so that everybody can kind of enjoy them at, at, at their level of engagement and then create loot incentive uh, along the way as well so that's gonna do it for questions guys I'm not shutting down the stream though so if you've enjoyed this segment and you're watching live remember to click follow that's a free way to support me if you're listening on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live at uh, say no to rage.com as always please like share and subscribe